Glad you're here today. Aren't you glad you're here? I feel the rich presence of the Lord this morning. I'm thankful for that. Praise God. Praise God. Would you pray with me again? And would you simply ask the Lord, his presence that's here, to continue to have his way. Lord, we open our heart, soul, mind, and spirit fully and completely to you. We trust in the leading, the ministry, and the operation of your spirit. We depend on you, Father. I pray, lead and guide and instruct us moment by moment throughout all that remains of our time together this morning. Jesus, let your word and your spirit accomplish all that you intend here today. You know our frame. You know our makeup, Father. You see each one of us. You know where we are at this place and season of life. I pray even so, let your word and spirit reach in and minister to where we are. I pray spiritual ministry and impartation today by the work of the Holy Ghost. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, praise God, praise God. Why don't you grab your Bible with me, if you would. Go with me to the book of Isaiah. Praise God. I've had a thought that's sort of been stirred in my spirit a little bit. Some things, you know, the Lord will deal with you about, and he'll, well, I don't know how he deals with you, me. Sometimes he'll deal with me about something, and I'll just get locked in on that. I feel like, and... And I'll go through scripture and dig into the nth degree. And then there's times where the Lord will deal with me about things and he'll bring something my way and I'll ponder it. I'll see a scripture or two and then it'll just sort of not disappear, but he'll deal with me about other things or other situations I'll be working. Then he'll just sort of bring that thought back again. And well, so if you've been here the last few weeks, you've heard a thought that's not gotten away from me. We talked a little bit ago about uh, a few weeks ago about making trades. Remember that? Anybody remember that? Sort of getting like horse trading, getting the bad end of a deal or good end of a deal. Remember that? This idea of an exchange has remained in my spirit. And I was praying one day this week and I just had this thought come into my mind. Spirit of the great exchange. You ever made a great, you ever got one of those exchanges you've made that you're like, that's the story you tell people when people start talking about deals. Some of you know what I'm talking about, right? You're like, oh, I, yeah, I got a deal. Let me tell you about a deal I did, right? You ever been around one of those, right? Somebody tells their story about a great deal, and it brings, and you're like, well, let me tell you about something I had happened, right? We, we've all done that somewhere along the way. I want to talk about something a little different this morning. You know, the Lord's into the business of making exchanges, He's in the business of making exchanges. You believe that? I know he is. So I want him. I believe he wants to talk to us about that. I, it's, it's good to have these young adults with us. I, I want Brother Casa to come. I asked him if he'd take just a couple minutes. And uh, he's going to, I don't know what he's going to say, to be honest. I thought he might share a little bit of his testimony with us or something like that. Brother Jeremy Casa serves in the Kent congregation. And so we're asking him to greet you. So you see who this handsome young man is. I love Elder Hart. Thank you so much. Thank you, Sila. You guys are amazing. You know, it's, I feel so much warmth and of a welcome in here. Amen. In the Holy Ghost. And, um, you know, 
there's a word that dropped into my spirit just coming here, and I was so excited. There's something brewing here. Excited to see my brethren. You know, there's something so special about brethren that dwell together in unity. How sweet and how pleasant it is. Amen. You know, some would think, how are they so close? Maybe for visitors. How do they have this rich bond between them? They must spend hours and days and weeks, months together. I barely get to see these two. And Elder Hart and the Hart family and many of you in here. But there's a place that you reserve for me in your hearts and in your prayer time. And I the same to you. So when we meet together in the same place, it's the effectual for every prayers of the righteous man that availeth much. And it brings me so close to you when I see you. My heart is so lifted. It doesn't matter how many times we've texted each other, Brother Martin, you, Brother Zario. We just have this spiritual connection. I just want to turn your guys' attention really quickly. I'm excited to hear Elder Hart's word. Amen. <laughs> uh, but this is something, this quick one scripture. Driving here, even with the, my, my brothers and my sisters from Puyallup and, uh, and Kent and Jacob, you know, uh, in the book of Philemon, there's only one chapter, verse 22. I'm going to go on to the first amen. Can someone, someone found it? Brandon, love you, brother. But withal, prepare me also a lodging, for I trust that through your prayers, I shall be given unto you. You've already reserved a place for me, Elder Hart. I, I feel you. As soon as I see him, I feel the reservation. When these guys come over to the west side, Brother Jeremy, can you reserve a place? Oh, I got Bring the whole Selah congregation. There's just always a place that is open. And God does this thing where, hey, you go over there. It's the same reservation over here. I exchange my room for your room, and there's this spiritual bond that never, ever fades away. It's the Holy Ghost. I want to encourage visitors, if this is your first time in this church, why they, why do they, what's this unity? It's the Holy Ghost. It's the power of the Holy Ghost with the evidence of speaking in other tongues. The heart, this bondship that you can't get anywhere else. I tell you, I did 12 years in the military. We served overseas. And I always thought that was such a strong bond between my battle buddies. We've seen the ugly situations and getting out, people would ask me, don't you miss that camaraderie? I'd say yes in the beginning. But the Lord found me. He found me a brother, Brother Nino, that would pray effectually. He wouldn't give me all the answers that I want to hear, but the things that I needed to hear. He would share the word of God. And something in between us, where two or three are gathered in his name, right? God is dwelling in the midst. And I said, what is this connection between him and I? I didn't know that I had this much family across the mountain that I could be this close with. Far greater than the military connection. Amen. And we don't need to talk so often, but when I see you, my heart's rejoicing as Paul is writing to Philemon about Onesimus, or Onesimus, reserve a lodging for me, because when I see you, it's going to be beautiful, just like this. And we come back, and I want to thank everybody here, even the guests, because you warm, you've warmly welcomed each and every one of us. Amen. That's all I have, Elder Hart. Praise God. Beautiful, beautiful. I am so thankful for that. And it's true. You, you may not understand when brother, when brother Jeremy says reserved a place. We've traveled over, and he's been like, yeah, you guys can all stay at my house, not the whole congregation. But uh, uh, 
But there's been a pretty good group stay and crash at his place. And so I'm so thankful for the bonds of brotherhood. I mean that. You cannot replace the family of God. And I'm so thankful for that today. Amen. The book of Isaiah, chapter number 61. Very familiar scripture today. Sometimes familiarity causes us to disconnect if we're not careful. Familiarity caused Jesus, the community that lived around where Jesus grew up, to not be able to receive much from him. Said he couldn't do much there, only heal a few people because they were familiar with him. And so I pray today that the familiarity of Scripture would not cause us to disconnect, but would cause us to open our spirit and allow the Lord to do what he wants to do. I believe he'd like to make some exchanges today if we would allow him to do so. Isaiah chapter 61, verse number 1. The prophet Isaiah is writing under the anointing of the Spirit of God. He says, The Spirit of the Lord God is upon me. Because the Lord hath anointed me to preach good tidings unto the meek. He hath sent me to bind up the brokenhearted. To proclaim liberty to the captives. And the opening of prison to them that are bound. To proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord and the day of vengeance of our God. I like this part. To comfort all. Everybody say all. To comfort all that mourn. To appoint unto them that mourn in Zion. Now watch. Here's where he's ready to start making some exchanges if you're interested. To give unto them beauty for ashes. The oil of joy for mourning. The garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. Why would he do that? He has a purpose. We see it thereafter that they might be called trees of righteousness, the planting of the Lord, that he might be glorified. Now flip with me to the book of Luke chapter four, and maybe you can just hold your hand there because we won't read just yet. This is a very powerful passage of scripture that probably many of us in this room have heard before. It's easy to read through it sometimes. I've been guilty of it myself, of course. You can read through and you can, you can just read beauty for ashes, oil of joy for mourning, garment of praise, spirit of heaviness, and you go right on through. And you miss the fact that the Lord is extending an offer. The Lord is saying, I'm willing to trade you. But here's the challenge. Have you ever met somebody? Don't raise your hand. Have you ever met somebody that you were trying to make a deal with them and making it and you were honestly seeking to give them the far better end of the deal? Because in the genuine, you felt like, no, this is what I need to do. And so out of the kindness of your heart or the, the Lord moving on you with compassion or encouraging you to do something, you weren't concerned with what you were getting out of the deal. You were concerned with giving your best into the deal. Anybody know what I'm talking about? You can raise your hand now. You, you know what I'm talking about, right? And so, not because we're good, but because of the goodness of God at times, right? I, I share this story for an example 
a few years ago, I was wanting to buy just a, a, an inexpensive vehicle to just go back and forth to work and have to commute around. And there was an elder gentleman that had come into the credit union there where I work, and he had bought a new car, and he was wanting to offload his. But it had over 200,000 miles on it. And the dealer, of course, wasn't going to give him anything. I think they'd offer him seven or $800 for his car, and so he was going to sell it himself. And, and uh, I'm bad because I like to get a good deal. Don't laugh at me. You like a good deal too, right? I, I want to get a good deal. And so I, I'm, I'm just going to be transparent. Is that okay? My first thought was, man, I can get a good deal. He wants to get rid of that car. The dealer's taking advantage of him. I can get a good deal. And so, and so he, he talked to me, and I knew he probably wanted, he would be happy if he could get $2,000 out of the car. He didn't pinpoint the amount, but based on a couple of conversations, I knew that's what he'd like to have. And so... Uh, he brought the car by, I drove it, and, and when I was driving, he said, you drive it, I don't need to ride with you, I'll go and take care of some business, you take for a drive and come back. And I kid you not, I'm driving that car, and I already knew, I'll offer him 2000 he'll take it, I'll drive off, Brother Flowers, all is well. And I was driving that car, and I, I was praying about it. I was like, okay, Lord, am I supposed to buy this car, or is this thing going to keep running, you know, or is it, I don't want to buy something that's going to, you know, 30 days later, run off into the ditch. Or, well, that's not the car's fault, but you get the idea, right? And so I had peace about buying it. And so sometimes the Lord will say things to you or put things in your spirit you didn't ask for. I wasn't asking the Lord how much to pay for it. I just wanted to know if it was okay to buy it. When I felt just a prompting of the Lord, you need to offer him more than you're offering him. And I thought, well, okay. And so long story short, when I went back to offer to purchase the vehicle from him, I, really, the car was worth 2000 at the top end because of the miles and the condition stuff. It needed new tires. It needed brakes. The headlight didn't work. Ask Brother Rigo. He's had to do some work on it. He knows. But the Lord let me realize pretty quickly, it's not as much about the car as it is about this man. And so... I had peace. I asked him, I said, uh, I, I was trying to get, what do you want for it? What do you want for it? No, you know, whatever you think's fair. I, you know, he just wouldn't commit to anything. And so I said, is, uh, is $2,700 fair? He said, that's fair. I said, so you'll do that? He said, I'll do it. You want to shake on it? <laughs> the point is, Somewhere along that journey, in that short journey, the Lord dealt with me to the point that I had to let go of trying to get the good end of the deal. You understand? I, I just had to recognize, there's, now here's the deal. What if this man says, oh, you know, that's too much. It really, really is. It's too much. And so I think I'm just going to wait and I'm going to go sell it to somebody to give me less. What did you think about that? No, really, I want to, no, I, I can't do that. That's too good of a deal. I want to go find somebody that would give me less. That would be good. I, I need somebody to give me less. You ever met somebody that was looking a great deal in the face and walked away, and you're thinking, what were you doing? Don't raise your hand. No elbow on your husband or your wife or anything like that. The Lord has given these scriptures to us, 
And he says, I'm willing to do this. I'm willing to give you beauty for ashes. Ashes were things that would be put on your face because of the condition you were in and the state you were in. And so people wouldn't look upon you and say, you're beautiful. They would see you in that lowly condition. And the Lord says, you may be there rightfully, but I'll make a trade with you. If you'll give me those things that put you in that condition, I'll give you my beauty and I'll take those uncomely parts from you. But here's the challenge. I have to be willing to let go of the uncomely parts. Sometimes I don't know what it is. I know what it is. It's the deception of the enemy and the pride of the heart for whatever reason that says, no, I'm going to hold on to this. This is my being careful here. This is my victim mentality that I'm holding on to. I've been hurt. I've been bruised. I got to hold on to that because if I let go of that, how do I tell people? And the Lord is saying, if you'll let go of the hurt, I've got something to give you. And the exchange is not fair, by the way. But for an exchange to take place, one has to release what they're holding to. It'd been a bad deal if I'd have gave that man 2700 for his car and he said thanks and grabbed the keys and took off. We understand an exchange doesn't work that way. It requires both parties to release what they have and the other to take hold of what's been released. And so this is what the Lord Jesus Christ is offering here through the prophet Isaiah. He says, I'll give you beauty for your ashes. You're mourning those things that you go to and cause you to weep yourself to sleep at night. Those things that cause you to hang your head and wonder if it's ever going to change. The things that cause you to be restless and not be able to even get a good night's sleep. Those things you mourn and ache and carry around. The Lord says, I'd like to have those. And I'll make a deal with you. You give me your mourning. I'll give you oil of joy. Oil, you know, is symbolic in the scripture of his spirit. But oil is something that when you would come in the Old Testament, the way that they would cool you from the heat or serve you is they would bring oil and you could wipe oil on your forehead. And you could wipe oil there and the oil would be refreshing from the heat because the heat would have dried you out and taken energy from you. And the Lord said, I'll give you oil of joy for your mourning. But you know, it's hard to believe, but there's some that don't want to let go of their mourning. They just want to keep holding on to it. If we're not careful, those things that came into our life that brought hurt along the way, we'll start holding on to them so long we make them our identity. And the Lord is trying to give us a new identity. One that's found in Him rather than our hurt and our pain and our disillusionment and our failures and the wrongs that were done to us and all of those things. And He's saying, I want to make an exchange with you. But I'm asking something of you. You have to give me your mourning before I'll release joy. Keep reading there. Watch what He says. It's all an exchange. The garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. That's why you can come into the house of God. Some of you have asked this question. Man, if I could just feel like I feel when I'm at church and the worship is going forth. Oh, then I feel free and I I feel peace and I feel strength. And if I could just take that with me everywhere I go. Guess what? You can. 
It's called the Spirit of God that dwells in us when we allow Him to come and abide in this tabernacle not made with hands. He says, I'll trade you the heaviness that you carry around from day to day or week to week. If you're willing to release your heaviness, I'm willing to give you a garment of praise. You say, I don't have anything to praise about. Let go of the heaviness. Let him have it and you'll have something to praise about. Let go of the morning. Let him give you oil of joy. You'll have something to praise about. Take the ashes that you've been buried under. Release them to him. Let him give you beauty. You'll have something to praise about. There is an exchange that God is wanting to make with us. You never have to question, am I getting the good end of the deal or not? It almost feels sacrilegious to call it a deal because it's far more than that. It's a powerful exchange. And it moves once we have entered into that relationship with the Lord Jesus. Where we make this trade with Him. We become trees of righteousness. That's His purpose. He says that you'll be called a tree of righteousness, the planting of the Lord. But these exchanges precede the planting of the Lord. If you or I live in a place of condemnation, it's because there's some exchanges that haven't taken place yet that He's wanting to take place in our lives. And when they take place, then He plants us and we become a tree of righteousness, no longer a tree under condemnation, but we realize the righteousness of God is covering us and He's given us something that we didn't deserve, but it's His righteousness given us. Go with me to Luke chapter 4. Luke chapter 4. Verse number 18. Or 17. Verse 17. Luke 4 and 17. Israel had Isaiah's words that we read earlier. Israel had Isaiah's words and Israel was holding to those words. Israel was wanting to see those things come to pass. If you read the context of when it was shared in Isaiah, Israel, if I could use this expression, was waiting with bated breath. When will that day come? When will this exchange that we've been waiting for take place? They understood this was going to be a product of the Messiah. They understood that one day there would be a breaking from bondage in their life. They would no longer be subject to bondage once this took place. And so they were waiting for this. They were wanting this. They were longing for this. Several hundred years later, Luke chapter 4, verse 17, we find Jesus in the synagogue standing up to read. When he stands up to read, one of the scribes, I would presume, verse 17, delivered unto him the book of the prophet Isaiah, or Isaiah. And when he, he is Jesus, when he had opened the book, notice he found the place where it was written, So he opened to Isaiah 61 where we read earlier. And he begins to read. And Jesus says in verse 18, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. All of a sudden it's went from prophetic word to spiritual utterance. It's went from a spiritual utterance of prophecy to a spiritual utterance of fulfillment. And there is a shift in a dynamic that's taken place as the Lord Jesus Christ begins to read these words. 
He says, the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he hath anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He hath sent me to heal the brokenhearted. This is not just word. I would to God the familiarity would get removed and the realness of these words would reach into our life this morning. Jesus said, he has sent me to heal the brokenhearted. There is not a reason for any one of us in this room that we would sit here or leave here today with a broken heart. The Lord has a purpose to heal. He is designed to heal. The anointing of the Spirit of God that is here this morning is well able to heal the brokenhearted. This is the purpose and the cause for which He was sent. He sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to preach deliverance to the captives. We live in a world filled with captives. People are captive to addiction. And you can fill in the blank there with any type of addiction. Drugs, alcohol, pornography, money, greed. They're, they're captive. Captive. The Lord is a deliverer. A deliverer. The spirit of the Lord is present to deliver anything that holds you captive. You know if it's there, but the Lord is not here to judge it. He's here to deliver from it. He's sent to deliver. He's not the judge yet. He is a deliverer. He sent me to deliver the captive, preach deliverance to the captives, recovering of sight to the blind, and to set at liberty them that are bruised. To preach the acceptable year of the Lord. Verse 20, watch this. It says, and he closed the book. And he gave it again to the minister and he sat down. It's interesting, he didn't say anything. He just read it, closed it, handed it back, and sat down. And everybody... Knew there had to be more. And so even though he sat down. The scripture says. And the eyes of all of them. Were fastened on him. You know what that tells me? They were waiting. They were saying inside their spirit. There's more. You may have closed the book. You may have sat down. But we're looking at you. There's something else that hasn't taken place yet. They're looking and waiting and recognizing the one who just spoke. I've heard those words read before. But when he read them, something was different. It was living word. It was as though when he was saying it, something was happening to me. I've just got to believe those in that room were feeling the power of the utterance of God in the flesh. And when those words were coming out of his mouth, I believe there was something reaching to those that were captive, reaching to those that were blind, reaching to those that were brokenhearted. And they recognized, I've read it before, I've heard it before, but it feels real today. Why would it feel so different that day? Because on that day, the fulfillment was standing in the room. On that day, the one that was prophesied about hundred years before was standing in the room. 
The fulfillment of Isaiah 61, we know, was none other than the Lord Jesus Christ Himself. And so they're looking at Him, waiting, anticipating. And notice verse 21. He makes this statement. He began to say to them, This day. Everybody say, this day. This day is this scripture fulfilled in your ears. Now, I find this statement of the Lord very interesting to me. Let's go to verse 22. These are all the people that heard what he said, witnessed whatever they felt, heard him speak the things he just said, eyes fixed on him, and notice their response. And all bear him witness. So they agreed there's something to this. But then notice what they did. And they wondered about the gracious words that proceeded out of his mouth. And then they said, Isn't this Joseph's son? They couldn't see past the man. Something in them bore witness with what was said. They were waiting for him to say more. And when he did, he said, this day is it fulfilled. But there is no indicator at this time that anything he said came to pass with that group that day. Because they were so familiar with the words that they didn't recognize the opportunity for an exchange. They couldn't see past who he was. Oh, you and I, we know he was the Messiah. He was God robed in flesh come to dwell among men. But, they, you know, they'd grown up with him. He was Joseph's kid. I mean... Isn't that the, like, that's the brother of James, isn't it? And isn't that, isn't that Mary's, like, son, and he had a sister named Mary, too, I believe. Isn't that his brother? I mean, isn't that the kid that ran around the carpenter shop with Joseph? I mean, I, I feel something. I recognize, I've heard those words before, and it's different when he says it, but I can't get past the familiarity. But I feel the beckoning of the Spirit of the Lord today. I felt it early this morning. Where the Lord is desiring an exchange if you'd like to. I feel Him extending His grace today if you would like to exchange. I don't know. In my mind and in prayer, I think of the different ones of you that I do know. And I think of different lives that we intersect and we spend time together. And I think, I don't know where there's mourning. I don't know where there's brokenheartedness. I I don't know, but I, I know the Spirit of the Lord would reach and say, I'd love to make an exchange. If you're willing to bring those things that cause you pain and hurt. If you're willing to bring those things that you mourn over. If you're willing to bring those things that you don't understand and you're trying to find answers for. If you're willing to bring those things, I'm willing to make an exchange with you. Would you pray with me right now? In 
Tabale Kono Ritia Bashele Beke Inalabaye Tori Alabashi Olomoko Yepa Yarabasi Oroto Yarabashekeye in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, not by might nor yet by power, but by your spirit, Lord, by your spirit, Lord, by your spirit, Lord, by your spirit, Lord. Come on, why don't you stand with me this morning? Reach to him. Reach to him. Come on, would you be willing to release some things today? Would you be willing to release? I don't know where you are. You know, I don't know where this word reaches into your life. Only you know. But would you purpose not to let familiarity strip you of what God is offering today? Come on, would you purpose not to let familiarity rob you of an exchange that he's desiring to make with you today? Come on, there's some of you this morning, you're under a cloud of depression. If you would release it today in the name of Jesus, if you will release it today, I believe there's an oil of anointing that's flowing in this tabernacle. I believe there's an oil of anointing that would come and begin to wash over you and he'd tray you the oil of joy for your mourning. In the name of Jesus, come on, speak some things out this morning. Speak some things out in faith. God, I release and name it. Release. Lord, I release this pain to you. I release this confusion to you. I release... Come on, speak some things out to him. Let the spirit of the Lord make an exchange with you today. Come on, it's not a work of human humanity. It's a work of his spirit. It is a work of the spirit and the word of God. Hallelujah. If it helps you to step out from where you are, this altar is open to you this morning. Hallelujah. Come on, why don't you make an exchange? If it helps you to come lay some things on the altar and let the Lord put some things into your life, would you be willing to come and say, Lord, I offer this to you and purpose not to take it back? In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Come on, he'll take it. He'll take that offense and that wound of your spirit. If you're willing to release a wound to him, he'll pour oil into that wound and bring healing. 
Come on, he can pour oil into that wounded place in your heart and bring healing. If you're willing to be vulnerable and honest before him this morning, come on, release it. God, I don't understand the pain, but I release it to you. I pray the healing balm of Gilead here this morning. I pray the healing balm of Gilead be released into the life this morning. what your soul longs for this is what your soul longs for this is what your spirit craves it's an exchange that he's offering you can't be solved through the earthly means but by the work of the spirit of God there can be an exchange today and you can leave never the same never the same Your love, I feel the winds of your spirit. 
to hear you say that I'm your friend. You are my desire. No one else will do. Cause nothing else could take your place. To feel the thankful for your presence that's here. Lord, we're thankful for your anointing that rests here. Lord, we're thankful for all that you've done, the healing God that you've done. The Lord is reaching today. He's reaching with his with his loving arm. Thank you, Jesus. 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 Thank you, Jesus.
Come on, tell your father how much you love him for a moment. It's the love of the father that we're experiencing right now. We're thankful for it, Jesus. He wants to release what's in here, out there. Would you let yourself be an extension of that for a moment? Bind up the wounds, Lord Jesus. Bind up the wounds, Lord God. Hallelujah. We live in a hurting world. I think it's I think it's it's very significant in that passage after he reads the 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 book he says to them you will say physician heal thyself now he 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 jumped from reading the scripture and fulfilling prophecy through reading to reading the heart of those individuals in the room as they're sitting there wandering in, in themselves. Isn't this Joseph's son? You will say, Physician, heal thyself. Because of the works, because of the works that you did in Capernaum, the, the next town over, we want some of that. Show us that.
It's a hurting world in need of a physician. He is the great physician. Lord, accomplish your will through your body, we pray. Lord, accomplish your will. We just want to be an extension of your ministry, Lord. We just want to be an extension of your love to this world. God, I believe even this week you will set us in the path of the hurting. Even this week, God, you will set us in the path, in the way of those in need of the physician. God, I pray let us be sensitive to that leading. God, give us an understanding heart, an understanding mind to reach, God, as you have reached today. To reach out and share, God, with love. Your love. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Can we thank him one more time? God, I thank you for what you've done here today. You've been so good to us, Jesus. You've been so good to us, Jesus. Thank the Lord. Yes. Brother Flowers was praying about the need outside of the walls. There is a responsibility once this exchange has taken place in our lives. We must then see ourselves where Jesus was in the scripture. The anointing of the Lord was upon him to do a work. If you study that out, it's a six-fold work that is done through that passive scripture. Once we've made that exchange and the spirit of the Lord dwells inside of us, we are now called to walk as he walked. We are called to walk as he walked. And so where does that oil of joy flow from to people? It flows through you and I as conduits of the living God. And so we go out going, I see someone mourning. And we begin to yield to the Spirit of God dwelling in us. And the oil of joy flows out of you and I through us into other lives. We understand it's not us. It's the anointing of the Lord that is upon us. Jesus said, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me too. His declaration was to do something. The Spirit of the Lord is on you to do something. You say, well, what am I supposed to do? I promise you, if we'll yield to His Spirit, there will be an oil of joy that flows, and there is no lack of those that are mourning. There will be an oil of joy that flows. There will be things flowing out and through you as the body of Christ that will begin to minister to lives. That's your and my purpose. Would you reach to him one more time and say, here I am, Lord. Use me. If you fill me with your spirit, I'm making myself available to you. I'm making myself available to you. Would you declare that in truth today? 
I make myself available to you. I may not understand how you'll do it, but I'll make myself available and I'll speak with boldness you give. I'll yield to your utterance. I'll yield to your grace. I'll let it operate through my life to touch another life as you desire to do. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, he will use you. This is his design for you. This is designed for each one of us. He's given us the ministry of reconciliation. That's a ministry that brings people back into right relationship with him. He's given that to us. The word of reconciliation. Amen. Praise God. God bless you today. Thank you for being here in the house of God. Greet somebody. I have an announcement. Oh, yeah. If I sent you a message to take 10 minutes of your time, maybe you can come right up here really quick. It probably won't even take me 10 minutes. You know who I'm talking about. You got a WhatsApp message from me. Praise God. Don't forget, next Saturday, it's on the bulletin board out there, next Saturday, August the 3rd from 11 to 4, up in Cleelum, we're having a Life Church United picnic. So we'll have Kent, Puyallup, Sela, we'll all be together up there from 11 to 4. Fun time, food, tells you what you should bring on there. There'll be basketball, there'll be probably volleyball. I don't know what all will be, but we'll have a good time. So get food, get family, come next Saturday. Amen. See you here Wednesday.